This is Red Lightning, you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome everyone to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, my name's Ross McLeod and I am joined today by a man of many titles, many names. He's been known as the first ever square goal winner, an ICW champion, a founder of GPWA, the owner of Rudo, a coach at the Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum, the director of operations for Wrestling Experience Scotland, a member of Save Pro Wrestling, Gold Label, Black Label, Shred Lightning. Yeah, I've been uh, busy... <laughs> Busy guy over the last uh, 10 years anyway. <laughs> and before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, we are on all good Android podcasting sites as well as Anchor, iTunes and Spotify. Just search Suplex Retweet. Speaking of that, that's also our Twitter and Insta handles. You've got to give us a wee follow and give us a wee like on Facebook. As you said there, I'm coach. Uh, one of the coaches at GPWA, mm-hmm. uh, Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum. We have a school in Glasgow. Uh, pretty much in the city centre of Glasgow and we are also about to open a second asylum in Bathgate which opens on the 21st of October we take beginners right from day one so no experience necessary there's dates for both beginners classes uh, you can apply now uh, glasgoprowrestlingasylum.co.uk will uh, give you all the info you need and of course off the back of that we have our own events company as well Wrestling Experience Scotland where we run shows which feature the coaches some friends of ours as well and of course the best of the trainees from the asylum school so yeah not bad right so we'll kick things off the same way with the event of you so where does your passion for pro wrestling come from? Uh, it's probably I mean it's the same answer that you probably hear uh, umpteen times um, I've watched wrestling from a very young age uh, I think people fall away from it and people come back to it and I was no different you know uh, I'm a big football fan as well so I spent a lot of my lot of years uh, following that but wrestling always seemed to be a constant in my life and I I decided that re- realistically I decided at about 12 years of age that I was going to work in the industry and wrestle and and do anything to do with wrestling that I possibly could uh, and I, I pursued that from the age of 12 be it you know selling videos writing articles uh, there was no podcast back then but <laughs> I was all like for that day I was always involved in a, and I was actively pursuing a career in wrestling from the age of 12 so yeah and of course the passion side of it it's unlike anything else out there uh, wrestling it's a unique form entertain and for me personally I don't know what, what I would do without it so it's the only thing for me I mean you've good days and bad days like any job and yeah. sometimes it's more bad than good it's a hard industry to be in whether you're a wrestler promoter coach whatever uh, it's difficult but there's just something about it that draws you um, and, I, and I don't think I could ever give that up so as we just talked about your passion for wrestling I'd like to bring up a post you shared recently on your official Facebook page that's Red Lightning Mm -hmm. give me like it was a post you'd originally wrote on October 10th 2014 that read currently reconsidering my future in this industry the journey I've been on for the past 12 years now may be finally winding down and potentially coming to an end so you've just talked about obviously it's a constant in your life what were the events that led to like this train of thought you know when you were thinking of winding down well at the time, my son had been born the year before that. Mm-hmm. I was uh, ICW champion, 
for a for a year, uh, from 2012 right through mm-hmm. to 2013. Uh, just basically, when I lost the ICW title, that was basically me going on paternity leave for the foreseeable. I was offski. <laughs> Back then, I'd a bit of an argument with myself in my own head about, and it's an argument I still have to this day about my ability to wrestle. I got injured in 2014 um, as well. What was the date of that post? It was October 10th. Aye, so that, that was a good, that was a probably a good five, no, it was about eight months after I got injured. So at this point, I'm not wrestling. I'm injured. I dislocated my shoulder for the first time in uh, February of 2014, which is when my problems began. So I guess at this point in time, I was very... There was no GPWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't in ICW. I didn't have a role in the company, whether that be backstage or out, out front. I was at home. I was out of the loop at the time. I had nothing really to hold me, you know. So much has happened since then, but at that particular point, there was nothing for me. And... I was just seriously considering, you know, um, what age would I have been then? 28. So 28 years old, you're thinking, right, this hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's let's be, be serious here. You've hurt yourself. You may never wrestle again. Mm-hmm. And you've got two kids. And uh, it's time to think about what, what you're mm-hmm. going to do the rest of your life. So it was a bit of a crisis in my own head about what, what I was going to do. Pretty much, I'd say, in the days after that post is when we first discussed GPWA. All right. So that was something that I was really excited about. Mm-hmm. I was able to kind of use my business acumen and come up with, with business plans and things like that, and that kind of kept me busy, and it, it just kind of snowballed through there. I think, talking 2014, so even two or three months following that, that would have been when I, in fact, pretty much there, there as well, took the Space Boys job <laughs> uh, as a GM there and that for me I was like this is my way in here Yeah. this is my I need to grab this opportunity there was no guarantees but I was told you know this is a spot for you and I took it and uh, you know we might talk about it later but a lot happened off the back of that the two things the GPWA and getting into ICW as Space mm. Boys GM everything kind of snowballed for there but obviously before those two things happened in 2014 mm-hmm. I was done you know not through my own choice just you just felt it was over uh, at that point for me it was end of the road fate had brought me there mm-hmm. uh, I was injured I couldn't really offer anything to anybody mm-hmm. I, I, in my head anyway I had tried to get a job with ICW backstage. Yeah. Uh, I had tried to help with various aspects around the show and, and and I did do it for a short time, but it was never serious. The resources just weren't there to give me that job. So yeah. I guess in the years following that, I just created my own job. <laughs> um, and, and then for the GM stuff there. So yeah, it's probably a very low point in my life, if I'm honest with you. And gone for obviously, that where you were, it was probably your most down. How glad are you now that you're you're still here, you're still yeah. amongst wrestling? Well, yep, so I took the GM job uh, for Space Buzz. Within six months, 
they had realised that this needs to be on the main show now. Yeah. So that's me on the main show again. End up with the GM running into the SEC, getting to work with Drew again. Basically, all of my friends, like real life friends, like the Black Label, that was us. You know, like the original crew. We had all these guys that were aligned with us. And it was kind of like the, we all get a chance to work together before Drew went, went back. Yeah. And, you know, to have someone like Drew, Drew was, uh, you know, he's one of the best wrestlers on the yeah. planet. One of the most hard working. But, and yep, and he brought that out of everybody, even me, you know, and, and he valued my opinion, especially when it came to like promos and, and how are we going to do this tonight with the black label and what we're going to do and how we're going to make this better, and which, you know, made me feel like a valued member of the team, mm-hmm. not just a, you know, you're just a manager. Yeah. I think that really helped me change the perception of maybe what a manager is, mm-hmm. just in the sense that, you know, I was kind of on the same level as everybody else. Mm-hmm. There was wrestling and it was mainly down to Drew putting me there and giving me that a wee bit of elevation. And of course, GPWA, in the background the whole time, we were running, we grew from strength to strength. Obviously, you're in the asylum now. Yes. But we used to be next door from here in a, in a much, much smaller unit. So within a year of us opening, we well, a small school with one ring. We ended up opening this facility mm-hmm. along the ICW with two rings in it. It can turn into a venue for shows. And yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine myself not... Not doing this. I think I've been injured. I mean, I injured myself in 2014. Right. That's took me this long. To get back. To get back. But in that time, mm-hmm. I've managed to educate myself on other aspects of the business. Yeah. Promos. Especially, I mean, I was always seen as being a good promo, but mm-hmm. before the black label stuff, or before the, yeah, well, before the black label stuff, they weren't that great. Right, if you look at that before, yeah. and then you look at that now, and you're like, right, and, and as I say, that's mainly down to, in my opinion, Drew, and of course, ICW for giving me the platform mm-hmm. to do it, but, um, you know, the whole thing, just kind of everything snowballed at the one time, and I've taken that time to learn other things, promoting events writing, wrestling, you know, every single aspect of wrestling. So I'm at a stage now where, yeah, absolutely, I want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. But if I can't, You've got then I've got so much knowledge behind me yeah. to do whatever I want to do in the industry. I believe that, you know, I've got the talent both behind the scenes and in front of the curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual wrestling part remains to be seen, just due to my injury. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can be an asset to anybody, really, in any way. So we mentioned how you want to, you now want to wrestle, you now want to get back into it, and you're making your in-ring return in Deniston for yep. Wrestling Experience Scotland. 5th of October, it's going to be you against a fellow GPWA coach and an NXT UK star, Wolfgang. So, obviously, you've talked about GPWA, has been in the works for a long time. How long has this match been in the works for, and why are you coming back against Wolfgang? We had a chat about this in March of this year. The, the venue itself is quite a sentimental venue for myself and Wolfgang and all the guys. Mm-hmm. We've wrestled in that venue for 10 years nearly. We both worked, as did a number of the other guys in Lakawa uh-huh. for a length of time. We've wrestled each other there so many times. I trust that, you know, I'm going to be fine, you know. Mm-hmm. I trust them to look after me and I want to know if, whether or not, it's worth pursuing an in-ring career again. The only way I'm going to 
going to find that out is if I get in there. Uh-huh. So the last, like, since since about June, for me, it's been more about, mostly for me, it's been training in the gym, doing a lot of conditioning. I've been in the ring, I feel fine. My arm, I'm certainly unfit in terms of wrestling, having not done it properly for a long time. Mm-hmm. But my arm's okay, which is the main thing. But still a long way to go. But October, I suppose, I've been sort of putting it down as phase one of uh, many. In terms of why Wolfgang, you know, why not? Wolfgang and I have got a story history in the ring. We aligned in 2016 when we became the champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for quite a long time before that, we were together in the black in the gold label. We tagged, but we also wrestled a lot in other companies in other areas of Scotland. We always had, you know, decent matches with each other. I would put him up there as one of the people that gets the most out of me, and I wouldn't really want any other opponent if I was going to give this a go. Um, I would that, you know, there's nobody else that I would want to be in the ring with. So. I need to ask, because it was one that as soon as this match was announced, people were talking about. You've teased an in-ring turn, return before to face BT Gun in January. Yep. Is this 100%? This is the big comeback. It's not just a storyline. No. The, the January thing was not something that I was keen on. Oh. Um, but, you know, as part of the show, that was with the, the direction that the show was taking. And, yeah. uh, can't say I was particularly pleased about it. But I had to, you know, we we were going down that road. I suffered a setback. You know, I I was never going to be okay for January. Mm -hmm. Uh, Around the September, um, and you find it in a fight club somewhere, I can't remember exactly what one, but I fell. I fell at ringside. Uh, the, the, The ring steps were too close to the ring. One particular show, I think it was because it was a busy night for whatever reason so there's a bit more space created for people to get in so I fell over the step and as I, as I fell back onto the step my, my right arm landed on the step and I ended up in hospital a couple of days later because mm-hmm. it hadn't settled and thought I had damaged the, the surgery site because I'd only been discharged from physio like a week before this happened and it was my my arm was tender at the time and I was uh, basically that cost me six months falling at ringside it was quite serious yeah just shows how dangerous obviously this is uh-huh. so yeah and it, I'm fine now I mean as I say I've been in the ring now and I've mm-hmm. actually wrestled training and it's fine but it's taken me all that time I mean that happened over a year ago even the setback so th- this is a hundred percent it now. It's not an angle, so to speak. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely not going to be taking bookings as of next <laughs> Friday, but it's part one of this. You know, Get testing back. the water. I'm testing the waters, uh, and the, the only way that I'm going to know if I'm actually going to be all right with this. Uh, it's looking okay so far, but it's a very long road. But yes, a hundred percent. Wolfgang and myself will be wrestling in Deniston next Friday. Not worry. So we saw the return of the Mikey Whiplash of old at night to Shugsu's party and he turned on your offer to join Rudo. Mm-hmm. So the two he's teased uh, a rematch, a showdown. Mm-hmm. Obviously you said you're not going to be going out and yep. going out and taking bookings as of next Friday but is that something you're really keen on getting back in there with someone like Whiplash? Yeah I mean some, someone like Whiplash 
are any almost any of the top guys in ICW or almost any of the roster I mean it would be a huge challenge for me yeah. wrestling has changed considerably since I got injured the style the embodiment of what a wrestler is has changed mm-hmm. a lot not that we were you know I was always fit but I think we're at a different level now yes. where if you want to be a top level wrestler then you're a top level athlete mm-hmm. and you know Four years ago, wasn't necessarily the case, especially yeah. in a in a in a place like ICW, where all characters are welcome, and yeah. my character fitted in so perfectly there. Yeah. So there's a lot of challenges ahead for me, especially the the change in in style and the just the the changes in everything really. Yeah. Well, you spoke about obviously passion of pro wrestling. You talked about how football was always in your life. Mm-hmm. It's sort of parallel to what's happening with football at the minute. You know, a keeper needs to be able to play with his feet, a right back needs to be able to charge up the wing. Is this sort of things like wrestlers to obviously cause the British wrestling scene isn't a boom and there's so many top guys? Is it obviously you can't be one dimensional now? Is that maybe what you're saying? No, not that you were, obviously, that was purely one. Yeah, I think now, say the Red Lightning of 2012, uh-huh. I would have to be in better shape now if that happened now. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't just be okay to have a character that doesn't necessarily have to look like Dolph, Dolph Ziggler or yeah. John Cena but it's all about condition not exactly how you look but you have to be able to go and you have to be yeah I mean you have to be able to not one dimensional I mean like your style's your style you know you have to create your own style and make mm. it as unique to you as you can and not do everything everybody else is doing mm. but if I'm going to go in the ring with Mikey Whitwash then that's going to be a tough night. Yeah. It's going to be tough in the body. Fitness-wise, it's going to be a, a shift. Yes. So, I need to be ready for that. There's no running away for that now. Um, whereas, five years ago, or, or however long ago, you could run away for that. Uh-huh. You know, you, you could build around the fact that you weren't in shape. Yes. Um, but you just don't get that now. It's just not a thing anymore. So that, for me, I mean, I'm 32, and this is like... the the most training that I've ever done and the most sort of dieting and, and eating the right food at the right time and all that kind of thing. It's stuck, obviously I dabbled in it in the past sporadically but now it's something it's an, it's an absolute must for any wrestler to, to have that sort of stuff in check first and foremost and it's something that I'm so far enjoying it. Good one. Well obviously we've talked about Mickey Whiplash, obviously you're talking about he's one of the best wrestlers in the UK. He's also one of the best trainers in the UK and obviously that's when we yeah. come into GPWA, you talked about how you're enjoying obviously the business side, the promote side, the training side. Talk to us about your first few weeks of training when you went for obviously, so you talked about, you were talking about stepping away. But when you started training, was it like a bit of a shock was it, or was it something you took to instantly? When I started when I was younger? Oh no, sorry, when you started, when I started, when coaching. You started training or coaching you? Yeah, okay, yeah. So I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the first day. We did, it was the unknown, really. I mean, we we had we had taken seminars ourselves in the past for various places, but yeah, we were opening our own school. The class was sold out, so that was good. But we didn't really we didn't really know what we were doing. I mean, we we knew what we were going to do, but you know, like everything, you develop. I've developed as a coach now. I've got my strengths, as have the other coaches, and we. St- we stick to that, um, and you learn a bit, a bit about you know how how people react to a certain way of coaching and whatever. But back then there was nothing. 
had a fair idea how I wanted it to go because obviously, like I say, with football and, mm-hmm. and the training from there, and wanted to try and make it like that. But yeah, I think we once we broke the ice, it wasn't too bad. But it was just weird, you know, because yeah, it something new. I I think if you're a coach, in the eyes of certain people. Mm-hmm. It's almost an admission that you're past it a wee bit and you're maybe getting to the point in your career where you're winding down, but this is what you're going to do to stay in the industry. But for us, as, as a group, that couldn't be any further for the truth. Mm-hmm. Jester was first. He went on to great success with the two Insane Fight Club documentaries and mm-hmm. he picked up a lot of steam after that. BT's always been up there mm-hmm. um, as one of the top um, wrestlers of Scotland. Him and Jester kind of traded were trading heavyweight titles run about this time mm-hmm. and across all the companies Lionheart we, we, I mean when, when GPWA opened he was still overcoming his, his neck injury so mm-hmm. we've all gone on to great success in their own way since the school opened it's at the point now where we're all at a point where we're all as successful as we've ever been Yeah, and that's quite weak um, for that to happen and it comes with its problems. We brought Stevie on board. He came on board beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. So he's now a full-time member of the staff here. But as far as the first few days went, yeah, first few sessions, I was I made a huge mistake, actually. Round about 2014, I got injured, and I rehabbed that without surgery. All right. So I went into the ring to train. I'd done a lot of hands-on with the guys early early days mm-hmm. in the ring. And it was a bit bit of a mistake on my part because you've got to understand that you know you're having a match, you're 10, 15 minutes at a time, and there was times where back myself and Wolfgang, we would be going in there with all these guys mm-hmm. one by one for five minutes at a time, and there was t- you know taking all the bumps and the training and all that, and just I was too hands-on, and it cost me because later down the line, I injured myself again. Mm-hmm. And I attribute a bit of that to doing too much in training in terms of bumping and too soon. So that was a, a mistake that I made early on. But yeah, you know, it's been a great thing. But coaching people and seeing people evolve. The school's obviously developed a few talents. Now the Purge, Ravy Davy, Lane Buzzards, Kez Evans, Irvin Garrett, I don't, Sam Barber, I don't want to leave any doubt, but yeah. it, there's people now that have came yeah. through here that are now seen as potential future stars. So He's not leaving them do it. If you want to see them, come to Preston Experience Scotland. It's, there's one on the 5th of October, London. Yeah, <laughs> well that'll be, that, that's obviously sold out because I'm on it, but, oh, but of course. Um, we, we've got Mary Hill on the 13th of October, which is an afternoon show, and we also present £5 wrestling from the Asylum, which mm. is a, sort of a showcase event it's a fiver you know you get in and watch a bit of wrestling that mm-hmm. people ask me about it I say it's like a open mic night yeah. you know you pay a couple of quid you go watch Red Rock the stand could be shite <laughs> but can you see yeah. that can you swear not quite right? could be shite it's uh, not me that's it it could be rubbish or it could be alright but you're only paying a couple of quid and the thing we've started doing with five pound wrestling now is mm-hmm. To make it a wee bit more appealing to your casual fan, uh, we have a secret match on mm. the shows now. That's the reason I'm coming to this, obviously. By the time this goes out, this Sunday's one will past. Okay. But that's why I'm coming to this Sunday's one. All I've seen was, you've seen it before, but it never cost you a fiver to get it. Aye. I was I was winding people up in the group. So who do you think? I was taking the piss like that. Was it Warrior Savage? Aye, but do you, <laughs> who do you think it could be? Um, I'll go... 
I'll go Lionheart Jester. Alright. Cool. Am I close? No. Oh fuck. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> but we've done it a few times. Obviously, the first time was Liam's return uh-huh. to the ring, which is a surprise for everybody. And then we've done Liam again with Wolfgang, so this will be the third one. Um, and the fourth one's already confirmed as well so we're hoping to get a wee buzz going about that yeah. you know if you're going to pay a fiver to see these guys you know that are, that are just coming yeah. through and they're going to do their thing and some of them are great mm-hmm. um, some of them just need a bit of encouragement in front of an audience and mm-hmm. that's the whole point but you're also going to get the secret match and you're never going to know what it is yeah. and I suppose that's the sub- I mean it's different you turn up you don't actually know what you're about to watch yeah uh, so I'm hoping it catches on a wee bit because it is a good, it's a good thing. Reminds me of the, the way you described it there. The old shows at the, do you remember the old Source Lockup over at Ibrox? Mm-hmm. The shows I used to have the friends and family one. Mm-hmm. It's three quid to get in, and you got obviously likes a big demo. You know, Killian Dane and WWE, he was on them. You had people like Glendon Barr, who's a great uh-huh. trainer. You know, you always get good people, and you got to see the stars of the future. Yeah, I paid three quid to watch Lewis Gordon. Aye. You know, you're having to pay nearly 20 quid for an ICW ticket to see him now because he's one of the biggest stars in Scotland. Uh-huh. So obviously that's an encouragement for people to come down. We mentioned at the start of the show, obviously, you're opening a new school. Yeah. You're opening one over in Bathgate on the 21st of October. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the process and the decisions that went into opening a training school on the east side of Scotland. Cool. We actually have a lot of students here that come for the east of Scotland on mm-hmm. the train. I think it... It was, it was the right time for us to expand the training side of the business. Uh-huh. An opportunity came up to discuss taking on the current operation at SSW, Scottish School of Wrestling. Uh-huh. Fergal David worked for them quite a lot in about 2011, 2010, 2011. Uh, they, they, they used people like Wolfgang, Kid Fight, Liam Thompson. They had their own trainees, had their own training school. One of those ones where you know, in my opinion, and the opinion of others, the training school wasn't great. Great. Uh, the the start the standard of the training wasn't great. But with that being said, gentlemen that, that ran the the school at the time didn't really want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And we saw that as an opportunity for us to to step in there. And the guys that are currently there will be continuing their training, those that wanted to anyway, will continue their training under the GPWA banner. So we can now hold deductions in both Bathgate and Glasgow. But the, pro- the actual process of going in there, um, it took a while. But it was something that, you know, it, I won't lie to you, it's been hard work so far. Um, but it's, it's one of those ones where hard work pays off. It was an exciting, and what I felt at the time, it was quite an exciting announcement. Like GPWA are, are opening a, a second asylum, and they're, they're yeah. going to run shows in in West Lothian. And, and we, one of the things like for our shows, we strive on the shows being professional uh-huh. and providing the best talent that we can put on. Yeah, we have our coaching team who just happened to be like five are the best performers in Scotland, if not the UK. Mm-hmm. So that's handy. Then we've got a bunch of boys that are coming through that could be doing with that experience, but also they are good enough to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. So we've got this team, very professional. And we thought that Bathgate, particularly with SSW stepping away from it, uh-huh. needed that. 
there is an audience there. It's going to take us a while to find it yeah. properly, but I think Bathgate Regal Theatre is going to be an incredible venue for Scottish wrestling in, in the coming years. It's a perfect setting for a wrestling show and they're very on, very much on board with helping us promote the events and they want, you know, I've kind of made a pledge to them that we can make this venue potentially a, a hub for Scottish wrestling mm-hmm. and, and they're on board with that so I'm excited about that. That's going to take a while, going to take a lot more hard work and of course it's going to take the support of the fans. Yeah. Um, this particular show, the, you know, we had to book a particular date because it was already booked before we took over. Uh-huh. So it, it's a bit unfortunate that we're actually running on the same night as PBW and Source. Oh. This Saturday, us, PBW and Source all have a show at the same time, which is rare. So that is not ideal, but, you know, we'll deal with that. But, you know, we're trying to get the people at Bathgate out to, to watch and people in West Lothian I mean Bathgate's just a small part of West Lothian to come to the Regal Theatre and watch the events it's handy for Edinburgh it's only a five minute walk for the train station it's like four stops from Edinburgh mm-hmm. it's about 40 minutes from Glasgow on the mm-hmm. train so it's handy to get to over the course of the next year we are going to be running there more regularly and we hope to be presenting some pretty decent wrestling out there so yeah I'm excited about it but yeah SSW gone. I personally never had any wrongdoings with SSW. I never worked for them. Didn't really know much about them. Plus, plenty of people out there that will tell you stories. I don't know if they're true or not. But the fact of the matter is, we are now in the area and we now run the wrestling operation in Bathgate and, and nobody else. Yeah. So it's it's in, it's in good hands, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we mentioned at the start show as well coach, co founder. We keep going back to these things. You've got yeah. that many bloody titles. <laughs> You're also the uh, Wrestling Experience Scotland Director of Operation. Yeah. How have you found the promotional side? Obviously, we, t- we touched a wee bit on it, but if you like. Yeah. I mean, Director of Operations is just a term. I mean, that, that's what I'm. I, I'm the director of the company and I handle the operation of the company. And that is, that's what it is. I've got a good business acumen. I enjoy business um, in general. It's something that I take great interest in and marketing and building brands and audiences and I've taken it in my stride uh, the SS you know the Bathgate deal was a huge thing for me in, in actually securing that and making sure that that went through and um, I thought that it added value to, to us mm-hmm. uh, as a company you know for me running a show can be as easy or as hard as you make it but there are a lot of things that happen that you cannot control and I guess over the last year or so I've been able to learn how to deal with that in a professional manner Mm -hmm. things go wrong ropes break in the middle of shows and uh, you know we've done a show in Loch Lomond it started raining Uh, how do you how do you deal with these things thinking on your feet quick fire stuff Um, but you know ultimately my aim and I mentioned this earlier I feel that I would be an asset to any company mm-hmm. in that role. So at, at the moment, I'm building a skill set for the day that you know a bigger job might come up. And mm-hmm. I think whenever that is, could be 20 years from now, but I'll be ready for it. And I'll be ready to take the opportunity because 
I've spent this time learning about the business and the industry and how to do all these things because this is what I want to do in my life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, director operations is just a title, but I'm very serious about, you know, there are other wrestling companies out there. We work very closely with them, uh, but we have our own area. We have our own audience in certain areas, Maryhill, Deniston, Bathgate, and I want our audience to have the best, most professional and enjoyable wrestling events out there and, and good value for money. And I really want people to get on board with that and get involved with that. Um, and it's difficult, you know, finding the, you know, asking how to find the business things. Wrestling, there is a lot of wrestling. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, there is so much. So what makes us different to anyone else? And right now, the answer's probably nothing. So it's up to me and, and my position to mm -hmm. figure that out and, and go with it. And that's been quite a long, length, a lengthy process and, and, and what, what exactly that entails. And it's ongoing, I mean, it's still ongoing, but there's, there's definitely a lot of wrestling out there Potentially the the audiences and and the certain places aren't as big as they used to be. Mm -hmm. People are now either growing out of it or not enjoying it anymore or just have moved on in their life. Mm -hmm. And the importance of the wrestling experience Scotland shows, the PBW shows, the SWA source, those shows are what will breed the next generation of wrestling fan yeah. for. Insane Championship Wrestling or mm -hmm. WWE these kids will come to shows at a young age mm -hmm. uh, as soon as they hit 18 they're, they're going to go to an ICW show yeah. so it's up to us to hold them really and yeah. for that length of time and it's difficult to keep people in uh, in tune luckily for us we've got a school attached so we don't really need to rely on outside talent you've got it there sometimes at all I mean most of our shows will be the uh, mixture of the coaches and the trainees. Uh, sometimes we do we do bring people in, but that's an advantage for us because we now get to de develop our own talent in the asylum, and then the Wrestling Experience Scotland shows are a platform for them to then practice what they've learned. So it's pretty big business. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. I would say that we, you know, my... I would estimate that the hours I spend per week on wrestling stuff is probably, realistically, about 40 to 50. Um, and that would be late in the evening, computer stuff, uh, reviewing footage, uh, my own personal wrestling training time, being at events, being in, in the asylum, although most of my work now takes place out with. But yeah, I mean, real and realistically, that's kind of ballpark figure. So that's a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, and you know, I don't mind saying this. Uh, you know, I also work a job. Yeah. I I just work a regular job, uh, some of the week to support my family. So, you know, it's it's not exactly WWE we're talking about here. You know, it's a small operation in in terms of the scale and the size of it. Uh, there's potential for growth there. Like I said, but. We need to go out and find these people that want to come and watch. Yeah, fifty hours really. I, I, I get well, out, I get out of breath watching a three-hour raw. When you think about 
realistically maybe two to three hours a day like paperwork so that adds up uh, reviewing footage can sometimes be like two hours mm-hmm. I mean 50s maybe a four, maybe closer to 40 but no, if no, I'm, I'm, I was mere commenting on how dedicated you are. Like, three years are always too much for me at times. I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, all, I mean, it's part of my job. I want to be watched both as a performer and as a promoter or a yeah. coach or whatever you want to call it. I want to be watching as much wrestling as I can. And yeah. I, I include that amount of hours because you have. I like to be mm-hmm. watching everything. Mm-hmm. Really, there is to watch. I mean, um, you have to be watching WWE if you're a performer. You should be because they are the market leader, mm-hmm. and you do want to work there, so you should be watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other places out there that you should be watching what they're doing. New Japan, Ring of Honor, Progress, ICW, obviously Evolve. <laughs> they're all companies that you should be watching every opportunity that you get because those are the places that you're going to work if you're going to make it in the industry. You're going to work for one of those companies, and you want to be known and whether that's as an executive or a performer or whatever you want to be known you need to know wrestling off the back of your hand yes. you need to know every wrestler you need to know every wrestling company you need to just understand absolutely everything there is to understand and that takes a long time but you know it's a labour of love like I've said that a few times throughout the podcast I just don't know what I would do if I wasn't involved in wrestling at all and you know for me I'll set up the hours just doing what I need to do and making you know, making sure it's the the advantage of having younger kids I suppose is that they go to bed at seven. Yeah. So got a long time to to do stuff. Uh, but show you know, show weeks are busier because there's a lot to be done. And the run up to shows when there's no shows it's a bit quieter. Um, and I but I enjoy my downtime, you know what I mean? Like, right. I really enjoy my downtime, but there's not much not much of it. <laughs> So you recently helped our own Stevie Wilson for his article Why Wrestling in Scotland is Now Big Business It's yeah. now available on insider.co.uk The article you mentioned I'm no Latin names, I'm no prying or anything But uh-huh. you mentioned a strong backlash In the wrestling community when you started up yeah. GPWA Was yeah. this something before he's anticipated Or was it like a bit of a shock? The people that talk about Oversaturation of the people that Would stand to lose out mm-hmm. You know, on, on something else I felt at the time when, when we opened GPWA that there was a market mm-hmm. for a place like this. Source had it, yeah. but location-wise, it's a bit out of the way. We're in the centre of Glasgow. Mm-hmm. You can get the bus to Glasgow or the train to Glasgow mm-hmm. and be here in 10 minutes by foot. Yeah. Like That is why a lot of people train here, because of the convenience of travel. And if you want to be a wrestler, you should be travelling. Yeah. But some people just don't and no. that's just the way that they're, they're inclined yeah so there weren't any schools near here mm-hmm. like Pollock Shaw's is a long way away mm-hmm. PBW at the time had Barhead, Airdrie and Greenock none of which are anywhere near yeah Townhead, Glasgow and you know the backlash more came for the fact that people thought that we were muscling in on something that other people had already built yeah but that's a bit of a false truth in the sense that when you look at myself with Gary Lionheart, BT Gunn, Jack Jester and later Stevie Boy, we are the foundation of Scottish wrestling. Uh-huh. As far back as 2005, we were Wrestling. on those shows and mm-hmm. we were 
in the trenches at that point building this industry in Scotland uh-huh. and things snowballed for there we helped other talent we helped younger talent come through we wanted you know like your, your Joe Coffee and your Mark Coffees and Noam Dar we wanted those guys mm-hmm. we wanted to work with them yeah. we could see that if we all worked together we would all make a good you know drawing money and and creating something special and eventually that did happen I'm not taking credit for us creating Scottish wrestling that's not what I'm saying what what I mean is like we deserved the opportunity to do to attempt we there was absolutely no reason why we shouldn't have done that like we deserved that yeah and it's going back to you know people don't hand you stuff you have to go out there and you have to create whatever it is you want to do. Like, I'm the director of operations of the company. I gave myself that <laughs> job. Yeah. Like, I made that job. A coach at a wrestling school. We created that ourselves. Yeah. And we, we deserved it. There was a comment that was made. Somebody said to me basically that at the time, Source, because Source was connected directly to SWA at the time. Mm-hmm. They aren't now. But, um, Source was SWA's training school. They renamed it, but it was SWA's training school. So those two schools were connected to a large wrestling company. We we didn't have a wrestling company. We do now. At the time, we were an ICW. You know, that's what it was about. So that's why a lot of people came here, because they thought, you're going to get an ICW if you train here. Which is true. Yeah by default but ICW don't ignore talent from other schools and I think at yeah. that point in time there was a worry that the other schools and all that were going to get shut out but we didn't want to kill other people's business we wanted to give it a go you know like, and we were told Rangers and Celtic was sourcing PBW uh-huh. and we were the hearts with money <laughs> that was how it was described but that what one of these was flooding off? Aye. <laughs> I wish it was me. <laughs> but there, that couldn't be any further for the truth. Yeah. Because we had no money. Mm-hmm. We didn't put money in. You know, we didn't put our own money into this. We yeah. banked on that first class selling out. That was the only thing that we had yeah. at our disposal. And luckily it did. And there are people that are still here for that first class. But we did get a bit of a backlash at first for the wrestling community, but it's like everything over time, mm-hmm. you know, Source, like for example, the Source has changed management since then. Uh-huh. PBW is different now also to what it was back then. Mm-hmm. We've developed working relationships with these guys. You know, it's evident now that we can all coexist and still all do business. PBW and Source are still here. Yeah. They're still doing well, both academies. There's still talent coming out of them. We're still here. We've got talent here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got the Drew Galloway tournament where our students all work together. Our guys go to them. Sometimes their guys come to us. We all get along, we all work together. And that's the greater good of the business. Because when we were training, if you trained at BCW, you hated SWA, we were taught to not like each other. And that affected the business yeah. for a short space of time because we didn't have a working rapport with each other. Yeah. So when it came to a show where we all had to wrestle each other, it was garbage because yeah. we'd never touched each other before. Mm-hmm. They do things differently to us. 
and it was just garbage. So we thought, let's get these guys in together. Yeah. And let's get these guys working together. Yeah, exactly. And we've created work for the wrestlers. Like, we've ran, God, probably close to 50 events over the last three and a bit years. We've created work for people and we've had people in here coaching, training, doing seminars. We've brought, you know, American wrestlers to the country and we've had them in here. We had Samoa Joe in here, we had Rhino in here, we've had Johnny Saint, Marty Jones, Dave Taylor. We've opened the invitation to people from other places. We, you know, we've got DDP yoga classes starting in here. Uh, and again, it's something that is open to all and not just us. So it took us a while, but we managed to stand our ground with that and show that we weren't here to just seek and destroy yeah i think that was the at first that was the impression of what we were doing we were here to seek and destroy and uh, take take over um but no we we don't need to do that i mean we've expanded our business elsewhere yeah you know we are now in the east coast rather than expanding within glasgow or strathclyde area when there's already so much going on there let's go out that way and give them that because over that way there is not, you know, yeah. there is not much going on, quite frankly, so we'll we'll do that. So as we record this, our female members of Suplex Retreat have just recorded an all-women's show. Cool. And obviously with WWE Evolution coming up and more and more female trainees training in Scotland, could we see maybe a second female member of Rudo coming soon? Well, I was disappointed that Casey is managed by the B-Man and not me. I thought she might have chose a bit better. In terms of women wrestling in general though, I'm a a big proponent of women's wrestling. I think women can actually, um, a lot of the time, work harder than the men. They've certainly got a a point to prove. They can do things that men can't. And sadly in Scotland, there aren't a lot of female wrestlers readily available. Mm -hmm. There was an article regarding that uh, that was written this week, it was published this week, about the state address of the women's wrestling scene in Scotland, about how wrestling in Scotland is a men's, a a male dominant um, industry, Uh and women don't get much of a look in. And my personal you know, stat viewpoint on that, the, the article raised several fair points. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, as someone who, you know, books cards and promotes cards, my point there was that it's difficult for us to attain the services of these, these girls because mm-hmm. they are so good that they are very popular. We've got Bathgate this Saturday. There isn't a women's match on that show because I could not get any. Because there's 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 a few different events on that day and Pro Wrestling Eve, who's the UK's biggest women's promotion, they've got a show that day, so they're all down there. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I would love to have a women's match on every card, yeah. but sometimes it is not possible. That's really the for me. That's the only hurdle that I've got. There are female trainees, there are lesser experienced females out there, mm-hmm. but. You know, I don't want to shoehorn them onto one of the cards yeah, just no. for the sake of having a women's match. Yeah. I want the match to be good, and I want—I don't want them put them in a position that they're not ready for. Well, yeah, exactly. Because um, that obviously yeah. leads to the obviously the divas era wrestling attitude. Oh, it's the women will will jump the toilet up. It's that sort of attitude, don't it? Aye, but that's not what I want. I want yeah. the, you know, if anybody's been watching World of Sport on STV, the women's division in WS has almost become the 
for the first half of the season anyway was the draw. You know, yeah. that was the unique part of the show that made it so good was was the women. Um, and the guys are kind of doing their thing now, but you know the women certainly you know they main event in some of the shows, and we've only got one female trainee who, and she's not even a trainee anymore, like Jokey mm-hmm. or Evil. But I don't want her to wrestle guys because uh-huh. I, I I run a family friendly product, and I don't want to portray that image of a woman getting beaten up from a man uh-huh. uh, on a family friendly product because and it is a point you know. And it is saying, you know, in one hand you are showing that women can hang with guys. Yeah. And they, they can, undoubtedly they can. But again, do, is that really what we want to be? Do we really want to be putting out this image of um, men and women uh, fighting? I think it's the right thing to show a child. Uh-huh. Like a man punching a woman in the face. I, I just don't think it's right. And I would, I won't, I will never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been forced to do it in the past, but I won't be, do- I won't be doing it again. But going forward, for me, certainly, I want a women's division on wrestling it's been in Scotland. But again, there are very few women. And we need to keep that. If we're going to, if we're going to have a division, it needs to be interesting. We can't have the same two people, you know, two, two women fighting each other all the time. Yeah. We can have guests. But even then, we can only have so many guests. There are only so many available. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could count on your hands how many female talent that you probably could use. No. And that's not enough to sustain a division, especially when there's a promotion dedicated to women's wrestling already in the area. Yeah. It would be difficult for anyone else to make women's wrestling the forefront of their, their product when there already is a product like that. I mean, mm. you'd be you would be losing money to prove a point uh, in that sense. But women's wrestling will always be a focal point in any any show that I'm involved in because mm-hmm. uh, where where possible because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. So we'll just a wee bit of quick fire to finish off. Quick fire, Rock or Austin? Austin. Hogan or Savage? Savage. Night in or night out? Night in. PS4 or Xbox? PS4. What games are you playing at the minute? I play Rocket League, but if I'm honest with you, I've got a Switch. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm switched aft. <laughs> like, Switch is amazing, com- absolutely cracking computer. You can play NES games on it and all that now, so no, just got to go back and get a shot of NES games and stuff. And, some of the games that they brought out for it are just phenomenal. Like it's a lot more fun than the PS4. Fair enough. Favorite pay per view? It's uh, a hard one actually. Uh, ECW Heatwave '99. Fair enough. The favorite venue you've wrestled in? Probably Kilmarnock Grand Hall. Ballarat Paul and East Kilbride or Kilmarnock Grand Hall. Probably one of those two. The Garage. Garage. Pretty, pretty decent as well. Trish or Leah? Trish. Leah. Look, I prefer Trish. What time they're looking? AJ or Finn? Finn. Bram or Easton? Bram. <laughs> but, you know, yes, a good looking guy, but Bram's a bit prettier. Joe or Kenny? Joe. See, I was expecting you not to answer that, so I had a backup one. Favourite NXT UK star, just to get the answer. Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson. I mean, oh, I've got a lot of pals in NXT UK, but uh, Zach Gibson just. he done five star wrestling, and there was a point where. Sean McLaughlin was driving me home for a show and I turned around to him and I said I think I lost my top heel in the company spot tonight to, to Zach Gibson and he's like alright cool cool but then Zach's promos and stuff and the five star thing and um, it's no surprise that he featured so in the in the tournament this year and he's still you know, you know just what a story really you know he's 
got cracking promo skills and he used them to his advantage. He's a good wrestler as well, obviously, but his, mm -hmm. his promos is what mm -hmm. got him where he is, and you know, I respect that. Favourite current tag team in the WWE? Got to go with, with Drew and Ziggler. Drew and Ziggler, fair enough. Favourite tag team of all time? I would say, have to be the Rockers. Rockers, fair enough. You talked about top ropes breaking earlier. Top rope breaking cost them their chance at glory. That's right, aye. Raging. And they cancelled the match, <laughs> didn't they? Aye. I think all the silly storylines I've done, and a broken rope cost somebody a title. That's right. Shard Jester. Jester. <laughs> uh, Chinese and Indian. Chinese. Sean or Thomas? Definitely Sean. <laughs> Gold or Black Label? Oh, got to be Black Label. I mean, I drew a gallery, you know. Mm. <laughs> When you, you know, you're looking at it and you're thinking, we're going to do this gold label story again, but this time no. we're going to have Drew Galloway it's, in the faction. Yeah. And it couldn't have been more perfect. It was the best thing ever. Brilliant. See, I was expecting Mayor, oh God, you can't make me pick, because every time we do these, people are like, oh, do I need to pick? I'll pick, I no. don't care. The hardest one you went on was Chinese or Indian. Because <laughs> I, uh, I, I love them equally. <laughs> uh, biggest inspiration? Bit of a weird one. I'd probably say Triple H. Like he was always like the the villain. And mm -hmm. um, when it, like when I was growing up, it would DX aside coming into two thousand and beyond. Like he was the the bad guy in the industry. Yeah. Um, which is what I am like in, in my <laughs> bubble yeah. anyway. And obviously f in, the, in the last five years, like making that transition from wrestling ring to being a a director and you know office kind of related mm. stuff which is essentially what I've been doing so mm. I find him really inspiring his journey uh, from you know to where he is um, and I was just I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's just this like awesome guy who um, he's like a motivator mm -hmm. like he motivates people to do what they want to do in life and all that and gives a lot of sound advice about different things and I'll always take a bit of time out of my day to watch one of his videos or listen to one of his podcasts. It was actually Joe Henry that introduced me to his work. I follow a lot of people like that and amazingly enough a lot of those people, I found those people through Triple H because he shares a lot of the same stuff on his Facebook mm -hmm. and on his Twitter. But Joe's introduced me to this guy and uh, yeah, he's fantastic, you know, he's good, really ins inspiring. He's basically like a businessman. It dabbles in various businesses. His, his goal in life is to buy the New York Jets. Alright. So you're kind of following him on his journey. To buy the Jets. To buy the Jets. And it's, it's a long way away. Yeah. But you believe that he's going to do it. Yeah. And, and when he does, I mean, that's going to be big, big yeah. shit. And, and you know, when he actually does, I really hope he does it. I don't even know, man. I hope he does it. Aye, aye. Right, second last one. Worst piece of advice that people give trainees? I think sometimes it, you think you know what's best for a trainee, so you kind of kind of tell them to shut up mm -hmm. quite a lot, just stay quiet and listen all the time. And mm -hmm. sometimes you should maybe be asking questions rather than yeah. just listening and no saying anything. Training's changed a lot since we started. I mean, it's different now. The world's a different place. Society's a different yeah. different kettle of fish now. You've got to think about everybody's feelings and mm -hmm. and how they're feeling and and all that and that's that's fine that's the world now it does affect the way you know the, you can go with certain people the way that you train and stuff like that fair enough so alright so I've never had a really bad bit of advice and I've heard why did that person tell you that 
Um, I think the advice that I'm exposed to, as in the advice mm-hmm. that we give, mm-hmm. uh, it's not bad advice. <laughs> so I don't think you get such a thing now, uh, to be honest. And last question, who's the best of all time? Best of all time. Can be in your mind, it doesn't have to be the consensus. The greatest of all time is Bret Hart. Bret Hart, fair enough. Yeah. So, thank you very much, my man. Thank you. I have kept you far, far too long, man. No, it's my fault for no, rabbiting. No, mate. We want the content, you rabbit, we'll take it. <laughs> so, you can check out Wrestling Experience Scotland on the 5th of October in Deniston, the 13th of October in Maryhill, and the 28th of October in the Asylum in Glasgow. Yep. We've just announced another one. We're going to uh, Night at the Asylum, um, which will be on the Friday before Fear and Loathing. So, so we're going to November 30th. We're going to present a, a special card in the asylum. There's plenty of fans that are looking for stuff to do that weekend. It's mm-hmm. Hydro Weekend. Everybody's excited, and we are <coughs> filling the Friday night slot in the asylum. You'll have Saturday night in the garage, and then you'll have the Hydro on the Sunday, of course. And there'll also be a one fall sessions in there somewhere. So, mm-hmm. if you're looking for something to do on the Friday night, we'll be in here. Eight pounds a ticket, and tickets from ScotlandWrestling.co.uk for all of our shows. Also, insane interviews on the 24th of October in the box, along with Mark Dallas. Looking forward to that. And ICW on the 7th in the garage, and the 13th in the union. Yep, and I'm also the guest GM for SWA in Paisley on the 26th of October. Mm-hmm. So I'll be there as well. Busy month for you. Busy, busy. So, any Twitter account? Uh, what is my Twitter? Rudo Lightning <laughs> uh, is my, my main Twitter. Res Exp Scotland uh, on Twitter as well and uh, GPW Asylum on Twitter as well, three Twitter accounts. Uh, so yeah, get follows and stuff would be would be grateful. And we are at Suplex Retweet on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening guys, we'll catch you again soon. That's great, right. thank you. Listen cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now